remarkable slip from Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, it's a great finish. What a goal that is. Lovely build-up play from Sheffield United. the latest from across the steel city this is football forum a very good evening to you welcome along to football forum here on spotify apple Podcasts, and amazon music as well jez vanfield here to guide you through the midweek action and we'll do it all in the company of josh chapman and connor thorpe evening fellas good evening evening it's the show where we discuss the blades and the owls and we look at all the big talking points from across the steel city so here's what's on the agenda this evening what the f- happened no seriously what the f- happened i was unwell and genuinely missed united's 4-0 disaster class at west brom gregory with a goal to partially batter the cod army his first wednesday strike is enough to steer the owls past fleetwood then we'll turn our attention to the weekend's action as it's a double dose of yorkshire derbies as united host Huddersfield, and wednesday play their other south yorkshire counterparts but at the other end of the a630 this time as they visit rotherham united as of the round of unpredictable, after all going for the same results in midweek, there's not much change in standings. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and on your smart speaker. Alexa, play Shoe Football Forum. Whether your stripes are red or blue, we are Sheffield's number two. This is Football Forum. And it's live. Right, great to have you with us on the third edition of the series. Connor, you've got this week's quiz question. No, I am <laughs> Not again. Okie dokie. Right, let's crack on with the action. No quiz question this week because Connor has forgotten, but never mind. Yeah, he'll be back with that one next week. And we'll start this week with Sheffield Wednesday, uh, primarily because we need some positivity in our life for the time being. And uh, they had their first midweek action of the season. And it was the visit of Fleetwood Town, a side that, uh, that 30 years ago was playing in like the fifth or sixth tier of non-league footballs. So they've had one hell of a rise and they finally come to Hillsborough to Sheffield Wednesday. So could Wednesday continue their ascendancy up the League One table in style? Your commentator at Hillsborough was Rob Staten. Here's Adeneran trying to get on the end. He's done ever so well. Finds Gregory. Adeneran running through. Big chance for Adeneran. Save and a tap in. And Wednesday tall. And it is Lee Gregory who taps in from close range. His first Sheffield Wednesday goal. It was Adeneran's shot. Only parried by Alex Cairns. And there was Gregory with a simple task to tap home. So Wednesday up against Fleetwood there. Chappers has the details. Yeah, absolutely. And Sheffield Wednesday, well, they made it back-to-back wins after hosting Fleetwood Town on Tuesday evening. Lee Gregory scored his first goal for the Owls when a defensive mishap allowed Dennis Adeneran to stride forward. His shot was saved pretty well, but parried back into the danger zone by Alex Cairns in the Fleetwood goal. And Gregory, Gregory was on hand to score what is likely the easiest goal of his career. Couldn't really miss from eight yards out. A tap-in, an open goal. Like I say, couldn't miss to put what the, the Owls won the look. Uh, Wednesday could and should have scored a second, but Gregory could only hit the post with his close-range header from a free kick. Um, but the Owls closed uh, out the game pretty comfortably in the end. And here is what Darren Moore had to say. Three points um, and we move on. Um, I thought we started off really, really good. Um, 
the game. I thought I thought some of our slick play and the passing was good to see. Um, and I thought the timing, the movement, uh, was great to see. And uh, we got the goal. And then um, as, as the sort of the middle of the first half sort of kind of just petered out really, and um, and we just stopped doing one or two of the. Um, the movements and the details of passing and I just thought slowly we allowed them to grow back into the game but we said at half time you know to um, just keep the game simple um, and just make sure if we keep the clean sheet we get the three points and that's exactly what we did. Darren Moore there talking after his size 1-0 victory over Fleetwood Town on Tuesday evening and Connor what were your thoughts on uh, Wednesday's second win of the season? Yeah very happy with it I think I said before the season started that the early part of the season might be the part of the season where we struggle a little bit more, but to have picked up seven points from our first three games is a very good start. And the performances haven't been sparkling. Uh, I think that's fair to say, but to be fair, the performance against Fleetwood was an improvement actually on the Doncaster game. It was our best attacking performance of this very young season so far. Um, obviously that's not reflected in the goals we scored because we got one on Tuesday, whereas we got two against Doncaster, but, the chances we created were, you know, we had more good quality chances against Fleetwood than we did against Doncaster. You know, it took a moment of real magic from Bannon to unlock that game, whereas against Fleetwood, I felt like we were always in charge. For most of the game, we were in charge and, and we started off brilliantly. The first 15, 20 minutes, we were all over Fleetwood. Um, I spoke about the, the, the team looking a lot more cohesive going forward against Doncaster. And I, I think it improved again against Fleetwood. Certainly some nice little patterns, nice little rotations, nice bit of combination play, particularly in midfield. And, you know, we look like a, a decent football inside who, you know, kept possession well. Certainly in the first 15 minutes, 20 minutes, Fleetwood found it quite difficult to get out. When they won, when they won the ball back in our third, we were on them straight away, often forcing them to to clear and give it straight back to us. So we managed to sustain our attacks in that way. Got the first goal and then carried on for about five minutes. And then I think it, the game went into a bit of a lull for, you know, sort of 20 minutes in that first half where we stopped sort of attacking, attacking as much really, pressing as well. Um, you know, we, the game sort of died down a little bit. But at the same time, Fleetwood didn't really create anything of, of much note. There were a couple of times when they got in down the sides and stuff and got in through our midfield, which which was quite lightweight, although it was really good on the ball. That was probably a weakness in terms of Fleetwood sort of running through us a few times, but they never really had the quality to punish us and open us up in the final third. And then, you know, in the second half, definitely in the first half of the second half, Again, I thought we were on top. We created a couple of good chances. Marvin Johnson had a great chance. Uh, you obviously mentioned that Lee Gregory had a chap in your summary. Um, and then for the second, little second half of the second half, it was about digging in, managing the game. And the pleasing thing for me is we didn't sit, sit back too much. Obviously, a 1-0 lead, it can get nervy. The players who were here last season and the season before know that we are terrible at holding on to leads. And we managed that game a lot better. You know, they brought, they brought big, big Ryan Edmondson on. They started going a bit more direct and, and we dealt with it pretty well, to be honest. Um, so another clean sheet, that's got to be a massive positive. And uh, and obviously, above all, another win. I saw that um, you you were lording over a few different Wednesday players, Barry Bannon being one of them, and, and how really he is 
I don't think there's any question that he is far too good for League One. Um, but in, in terms of Tuesday night's performance, who stood out for you um, in, in terms of their performance um, in, in that game? Yeah, as you mentioned, Bannon, it's hard not to mention him because he, he's looking as good as I'd, I'd expect him to at this level. It was his moment of quality that really unlocked the game at the weekend and it was he just dictated it against Fleetwood, you know, on the ball all the time. He had the most passes on the pitch, the most touches on the pitch. I think Wednesday players always look for Bannon on the ball. And and I think the, the good thing is with Byers coming in is that Bannon can do his work a bit higher up the pitch. And although we didn't really see him getting it, we didn't see him get a goal or an assist against Fleetwood, they were definitely able to rely on him a bit less to start the moves off in deeper areas because Byers could do that on Bannon. Got to affect the game higher up the pitch, and we saw some nice little moments of interplay between him and Gregory and Wing. You know that that sort of thing where you can see relationships in midfield are sort of developing, and you know from midfield to your striker, that's that's obviously a positive. And uh, Bannon was good. Adeniran as well. You know, I think one thing I've not been as convinced on this season is our the performances from our wide players and it's for different reasons it's not just down to them not being good it's those players are all quite new in that in that position um a lot of them aren't up to full fitness like marvin johnson doesn't quite look up to full fitness yet i think he's still got a way to go before we'll see the best of him um so i actually think that dennis adeniran put in the best play uh, performance out of any wide player this season obviously he's a central midfielder playing out of, out of position he was vital for the first goal because he, he ran through after I think it was Gregory that put him in initially and then he had the shot saved. Um, he's just so athletic, so energetic. Um, he's really good at putting his body between the ball and the man and keeping possession that way. And he's, he's difficult to sort of shrug off the ball. He uses his body really cleverly and he's, he's decent enough on the ball. And I think he'll get better at that facet of his game as well the more he plays for us and Hopefully, if we can keep being a team that plays decent football on the ground and happy with him. And, and Lee Gregory as well, I think. If I was to pick a man of the match, it would be between Iorfa, uh, Gregory or Bannon. Because Gregory, again, we've, we've been saying that he won't be fully match fit yet, but he certainly looked you know, decent to say he wasn't match fit. He's showed some really good touches. Obviously, got his goal. It was a simple tap-in, but that's, what you want your stri- that's the kind of goals you want your strikers to get. Put a great ball in for Johnson as well in the second half where he got it in a wide area and put it right where a striker would have wanted it. And Johnson, I think he attacked it with his right foot and he just dragged it wide. So, you know, his link-up play was good. He came off, I think it was just a, maybe 65 minutes in for Canberry. And I think that's how I wanted it to go, give him about an hour or so and then Canberry can come on and maybe when the defence is a bit more tired and, you know, you want someone to hold the ball, he can be those that fresh leg those fresh legs give you that fresh bit of impetus, but Gregory, brilliant, brilliant start from him on his on his first start for us, and hopefully it's the first of many in terms of goals. And another player that's come in, uh, you've, you've already briefly touched on him, but George Byers um, spent the majority of his career coming through the ranks at Watford, then went to Swansea, made 56 appearances in, in five years, had a loan spell briefly at Portsmouth last year. He's now come to Wednesday on a permanent. He's 25, he's not... You know, he's not a young lad anymore. Um, he really is getting towards that prime of his career, you know, but it, making his full debut on Tuesday night and how did he do and, and how important can he be for Wednesday this season? He was decent. You know, he's, like I said, he, he allows Bannon to play higher up because he's comfortable on the ball. He gets it from the back and he plays it forward and he's good at doing that from what we've seen so far. 
there is one concern when you're playing that midfield three. You know, if you are playing Bannon, Wing, and Byers in a midfield three, and I think we saw it against Fleetwood, it's, it's really good in possession, and they're all very good footballers, all good technically. They'll all link up well, and we should have a lot of possession in those sort of games and create chances. The problem is, in transition, I think we might struggle. I think a few times, especially in the second half, Fleetwood kind of just broke on us through that midfield area. And Byers was sitting the deepest of the three, and he's not really an anchor man. You know, he's not he's not someone that's going to get in there and make tackles and break play up. So, I think that's something that Moore's got to think about because you obviously want to get all three of them in because they're all good players. You want a Deniran coming in. You you don't want a Deniran to be dropped. <laughs> and then, so obviously, you either put a Deniran out wide, or you drop one of the one of those four and not play them, and then. I think that's the difficulty that Moore has as well, is that, you know, you want, you want to play all those players. Tactically, is it the best balance? Maybe against the better teams, we'll see something a little bit different because Rotherham are going to be difficult to play against. And I imagine that they're going to press us high, make it difficult for us, and we're going to need somebody who's going to be able to break up play. So maybe the one goal will come in, but definitely... In, in, as, from individuals, I'm happy with with all those central midfielders. Um, we'll see how it works in the future. What the best balance will be as a as a midfield three. And uh, obviously, matters away from the uh, on, from the field. Uh, there is one bit of news that's just come out apparently in the uh, in the last hour or so is that uh, Andre Green, who uh, Sheffield Wednesday signed uh, last season, it looks like he's on his way to uh, Slovan Bratislava, which is. Uh, is interested to say the least, Connor. Yeah, it's, it's not something I expected to happen. It's like a, a FIFA career mode sign. And you know when your players just go to random foreign clubs all the time. Um, I didn't have any inkling that Green was going to go, to be honest. I think apparently Moore's told him he can leave over the summer. Uh, it just, you know, it seemed a bit weird that he started the first two games, but I do understand that players in that position aren't ready. They're either new or they're not fully match fit. So he's, he's just filling in, I guess. Um, it's a strange one. Um, he's not really done it. He showed a couple of glimpses last season. He's, he's been poor this year and he's, you know, he was getting singled out by a lot of Wednesday fans, which I think at this stage of the season, and I know I've, you know, I've said that he shouldn't play, but I think a lot of Wednesday fans have been writing him off already. I do think that was a little bit premature. You know, I wouldn't have minded to see what was going to come from him this season. Certainly wouldn't have played him against Fleetwood. I think it was time for him to be dropped, but he wouldn't maybe have bet against him coming in and making some sort of impact. So, you know, I can't say I'm delighted to see him leave, but I can't say that I'm too disappointed either because I think we've got plenty of quality in those areas. Does it maybe give us the scope to sign Josh Sims now? who was linked with us earlier on. We we now got we've now got more options on that left hand side than we have on that right. I think that's that's something that needs addressing maybe because Corbin who will come in. You imagine I don't know where we didn't know where Corbin who was. Maybe we thought he wasn't ready. Moore was trying to ease him in, but it turns out he's had an infection, so he's he'll be back and presumably it means he could start or he could be you know brought off the bench against Rotherham. So. We've got him as an option on the right-hand side, but we're not looking too... You know, we, we definitely look a bit more stacked on the left-hand side than we are on the right, so maybe Josh Sims could come in and 
selling green, I don't know what fee we'll get, but selling him hopefully will give us a financial wiggle room to do that. Well, Sheffield Wednesday, despite the uh, the lack of Andre Green in the squad, uh, pick up yet another win, and they're now up to uh, to fourth so far in this League One table, which is is very promising to see from the Owls. Anyway, they'll move on and look ahead towards Rotherham United on Saturday, and we'll touch on that in a little bit. But for now, that wraps up Sheffield Wednesday. You're home for United and Wednesday. This is Football Forum, only on Spotify. You're with Football Forum here on Spotify. Much appreciating your company. So Wednesday's done. It's on to United now. And, uh, well, two of last season's relegated sides coming down from the Premier League, serving up a sign of how well they've adapted to life back in the Championship. West Bromwich Albion were Sheffield United's next task in this championship season, uh, the first uh, away day midweek game for them and uh, Chappers and, and 2,000 other Blades fans made that trip down to the West Midlands. Can't say it was one of uh, Chappers' better away days, uh, but let's find out how they got on in the company of Andy Giddens. Furlong launches the ball in two partly and the ball has nestled in and West Bromwich Albion have opened the scoring. Moet goes out to the far side to take it. Benton on that left boot of his. Berets comes for it, makes a flat, but he goes now, scramble, and it's squeezed over the line. And West Bromwich Albion have the second goal. And it's Dara O'Shea who squeezed the ball home. Robinson infield to Carlin Grant now as the bag is strong forward again. And a chance and a third goal. And it's far too easy for West Bromwich Albion to cut Sheffield United open. Well, a glancing header and it's pushed over the line. And Callum Robinson, in the end, does get his goal. And Sheffield United are being thoroughly outplayed. So, Sheffield United there at West Bromwich Albion. And uh, as I said in the intro, I genuinely didn't know how they got on. So, because I haven't seen it, I will uh, will tell you all about it uh, and learn myself. So Sheffield United uh, suffering a set piece onslaught here as uh, as they lost four nil at West Bromwich Albion. Uh, Savisi Akanovic with a uh, a first four nil, four goal defeat as Blades boss and the Baggies opened the scoring through a Jack Robinson own goal. A long throw in from Darnell Furlong went in off the Blades defender and uh, and West Brom were pretty much uh, set piece specialists when it came to that long throwing that they were doing all night. Second goal. Coming from Alex Mowat, who'd uh, joined Valerian Ishmael from Barnsley down at West Brom. Uh, his corner uh, went in just after half time. Michael Verrips fumbling uh, the ex Barnsley man's delivery on his first league start of the season in the abs- absence of Aaron Ramsdale, who uh, looks to be on his way to Arsenal. Derek O'Shea poked it home. Uh, Carlin Grant slotted past Verrips to make it three. And Callum Robinson, who else? Uh, former United man profiting from another furlong throw-in uh, to make it four. Just a minute short of the hour mark. The fans felt like they wanted to go home. I bet the Blades players felt like they wanted to go home as well. So let's hear from Slavisa Jakanovic after that 4-0 thumping. We must be disappointed. It's tough defeat for the for the for us. Uh, they are uh, they won uh, us, uh, especially in, in physical battle. It's all the second ball. We was in the in the huge. Uh, Trouble after all the throwings and uh, and uh, set uh, play situation. Uh, at the end, uh, if you are uh, receive uh, 
three goals after this kind of the situation and you are permanently in the dangerous situation. It's not comfortable for uh, for my team play to tonight uh, this game here. So Isi Akanovic there after Sheffield United's 4-0 disaster class on Wednesday night. And Chappers, as we said, you made the trip down to the Hawthorns. Uh, Bit of a bit of a horrendous night all round for you, uh, given what happened on the way back. But uh, your general thoughts on the game? Um, they are not positive. I don't really want to go on about it too long because I don't really want to think about the game for much longer. To be honest, it was <laughs> it was absolutely horrendous um, from start to finish. You know, less than two minutes in, West Brom had the ball in the back of the net. Um, he was given offside. Then another, whatever it was, five, ten minutes later, they had the ball in the back of the net again. That was ruled out for a foul. So they should have already been 2-0 up. We didn't learn as lessons. We made life very difficult for ourselves. West Brom pressed very, very high, um, as, as I expected them to, as I knew they would do. They pressed us very, very high. We didn't give ourselves any outlet to pass it to into midfield. Um, again, as I mentioned, whenever we did the last show, Monday, Tuesday, Monday, whenever it was, Monday, that Oli Norwood was so deep, he was sat between the defender, well, sat between the centre halves. Um, as a result, there was no outlet in midfield, so there was just a massive gap in the centre circle that was just filled by West Brom players. Nobody to play it to. We ended up playing it long. We were playing long balls up to Billy Sharp against Kyle Bartley. Uh, there's probably a good foot between those two. I don't know why we're trying to expect Sharp to win headers. Um, defensively, we looked at sixes and sevens. Jack Robinson, oh my days, he's very frustrating because one game he plays really well defensively. The next, he's an absolute bomb scare. And unfortunately, last night, it was the latter of those two options. And concerningly, whilst we looked horrendous at the back, we also looked even worse, well, somehow we looked even worse up front. Um, I only remember one chance that we created, and we'll probably talk about that in more detail in a minute and where the issue lies, but I remember one chance we created and missed it, and that was it. It was absolutely abysmal from start to finish with West Brom. You, you wouldn't have guessed both sides came down from the Premier League last year. West Brom looked like a side that came down the, from the Premier League and were ready to go again. We looked like a side lost, devoid of any confidence, devoid of any quality, um, and we really need to start changing fortunes and we really need a bit of an overhaul of players, which we should have done weeks ago in the summer when we weren't actually playing football matches. Um, so it could be a long season if we don't start picking results up. Well, Connor, we'll come to you because obviously you're the uh, the deputy United man uh, for, for this show. Oh, I don't know you? about that. I don't want United well... <laughs> in my name. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but we'll come to you because you at least saw the game. Um, that chance that we were mentioning, uh, the, the only one that United uh, apparently created all night, David McGoldrick, from what I've been told, Billy Sharp split the defence in half uh, with the lovely ball through to David McGoldrick. You'd expect him to put it on a plate in the back of the net and he misses it. Obviously, Brewster was left on the bench, didn't appear whatsoever. And realistically, as Chappers was saying, even though the defence for United is worryingly bad, the, the same problems continue from last season in the Premier League. The strikers just can't put the ball away. Well, I think, it, you know, watching United in the Premier League, it was probably more to do with the lack of chances created than missing chances. I think you've got to create chances to miss them. And obviously, United did create that very good chance yesterday with Sharp playing it through to McGoldrick. And 
I think United fans have realised that McGoldrick gives you a lot on the ball. He drops deep. He links play very well. He's a very clever footballer. But one-on-one, he will miss chances like that every now and again. And I guess you've got to say, you know, it's 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 a weakness in his game. Um, you talk about Brewster. You, you wouldn't, I don't think anyone before the game would have left McGoldrick on the bench. So I think it'd be a bit harsh to say, you know, Brewster coming in for this one when, when McGoldrick's missed a good chance. But um, I just thought United were pretty toothless overall. You know, that it was West Brom press United and I don't think United had enough answers to get out of that. It ended up going long and coming back when really, you know, with a bit of composure in those areas, a few passes through midfield, you break that first line of pressure and then you could be in. Maybe go for a little bit more pace in behind. I was surprised that Brewster didn't start for that. I thought it might have been McGoldrick and Brewster or you might laugh at this, but even McGoldrick and Burke, just because West Brom plays such a high line that Burke could have got in behind. So I was a little bit surprised that they didn't go for that sort of setup. Um, but in terms of the strikers, I think it's it's more than just them. I think the way that United have, have played, they haven't really created many chances this season. I don't think the 4-4-2s suiting them. I think if Jukanovic is going to play with fullbacks, I think he needs natural width. And I think that's what he's going to try and get in between now and the end of the transfer window. I just I just want to talk about, you know, lack of chances. I think you're absolutely right. And I don't just think it happened last year. It definitely seeped into this year, lack of chances. That was genuinely the only chance I can remember us having. We we didn't get in behind any other time. We didn't I remember one five minutes from time where I think John Egan had a header from a corner which was rebounded. But I don't remember any other chances being created. We are crying out for a creative midfielder, which neither Ollie Norwood or Sander Berger are, especially Norwood. Berger can be, but he's a player that needs time on the ball. And if you pressure him, that's it. He crumbles. He, you don't know what to do. Every time he got near the ball last night, there were at least two players around him. And he just, he didn't, as a result, he just didn't do anything. Um, we look so much better. Well, I say so much better. Luke Freeman came on and, and changed our attacking performance. He, he was the only player on that pitch who actually wanted to run forward with the ball and try and create an opportunity and try and take players on. Nobody else for the preceding 75 minutes did that. You know, we're crying out for creativity in that midfield. John Fleck, passenger again. Ben Osborne didn't create anything. And I do feel a bit sorry for Osborne. He's he's not the biggest in stature and he's a little bit... He reminds me in a way of, <laughs> stature-wise, of Stefan Skugel. You know, fairly decent player and, and can be quite nice technically at times, but he's just not got enough on him and just gets beat off the balls far too easily. So... Four players in that midfield and not one of them has got a creative bone in the body. And Freeman sat on the bench twiddling his thumbs. The only player I've ever seen this season in United who actually wants to take the ball forward. And actually under Wilder when he played. He played under Wilder. Every time he got on the ball, he wanted to pass forward. He wanted to run forward. And Wilder never played him. He's got to start for me on Saturday. He has got to and drop, for heaven's sake, John Fleck, because, he, again, he was awful on Wednesday night. He really, really was. It was like tech playing with 10 men. That was like playing with John Lundstrom last year. It really was like playing with 10 men. It's backed up by the stats as well. United's open play XG yeah. is the joint lowest in the league with Forrest and Huddersfield. So, you know, I think we, it, we, our eyes tell us that when we've seen United play, that there just haven't been enough chances created. And obviously, McGoldrick's missed one yesterday, but strikers do miss chances if that's the only one they're going to get in three games I think you've got to be looking at the the midfield and how the team's set up to play in, in terms of trying to create chances because we know Jukanovic is, has managed teams that are capable of playing very good open football and create chances well 
It's just not happened at United yet. Whether that'll just take time, I'm not sure. Well, we will see. But one thing we do know, one person that is going to be walking out the door who's pretty much already gone is uh, is Aaron Ramsdale. He's uh, He wasn't involved in the squad last night because he's got his medical at Arsenal this afternoon. Looks to be £24 million, £6 million for add-ons because Arsenal can never pay a, a fee in full, as, as I know, for 10 years of supporting them. Um, so he's off to play second fiddle to Bernd Leno. Um, it, it's a profit. We've made a profit. But it really does show us, Chappers, that we really do need a new goalkeeper. Oh, good riddance to him, honestly. If he's shown his true colours, anti really. You know, if he wants to go and sit on Arsenal's bench for, you know, all the season, let him carry on. Because he's not going to get in front of Leno, is he, really? So if he wants to go and get sit on Arsenal's bench, being abused by Arsenal fans who have never actually seen the bloke play, or he's not even held the shirt up yet, but he's getting abused by fans, let him, let him go. You know, he cost us a lot during the first half of the season, yet yeah, uh, last year. Yeah, he was very good in the second half of the season, but, you know, he, he cost us... a I thought a lot, and he looked very, very shaky in between, you know, those, those sticks. So, yeah, we, we do need another goalkeeper. I think that was proved that point very, very easily last night with Michael Berrips. Far too many times he should be coming out and absolutely clearing everything in his path to make sure he gets hold of that ball, and he didn't do that. He was he was pretty rooted within his six yard area, um, flapped at a couple, and just didn't fill me with confidence. I feel sorry for the lad in a way because obviously it was his first game. Uh, first league start I get that uh, and there's nothing like being thrown in at the deep end but you've got to be doing better than that there's rumours that Robin Olsen is well a deal is in place um, obviously formerly of Everton on loan last year um, he's he's at Roma at the moment uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be against that in any way I'll tell you something because I think he'll be alright but we desperately need a goalkeeper because um, I don't think Verips is quite the one for that um, yeah and I wouldn't put Wes Fodringham in either. Um, speaking of medicals, who bloody fails a medical? Well, one player that does is Ronaldo Vieira, because that deal is now off. Um, I, I don't know why he's failed his medical. Apparently, he was really unfit, which if he's on... More, well, if he, he's has he actually a, failed his medical? I've just Googled uh, yeah, him. I can't yeah. see that anywhere. Has, actually... Well, there was, there was stuff going around that he's failed it. And as well, you kind of each confirmed last night the deal was off. So I can't imagine any other reason that he'd failed his medical and um, that he won't sign. Um, I know he's had a lot of injury problems in his career. He's also not played for a while because of said injury problems. And I think really, if you've, if you've only got a player on a season-long loan, you need that player to be impactful straight away. And if you're going to spend 10 games plus getting up to speed, you know, it's a waste of everyone's time and money, really. So, you know, it's a shame that it's not come off, but um, I'd rather look for a player who is ready to play. One of the names thrown about, well, I've seen two actually, but one of them is Matty Longstaff at Newcastle. It's not quite, it don't quite excite me as much as Vieira did, uh, did slash does. Um, the other one, you'll like this one, Connor. I don't know if you've seen this one today. Uh, Adlen Guadora from formerly of Forest. Wow. Well, you're talking about injury, Adlen, bro. And he's had his Guadora. fair share, hasn't he? <laughs> Guadora, yeah. He was, <laughs> he was actually with Jukanovic in Qatar. Um, so there's a link there, obviously, formerly of Forest, Palace, etc. So 35 now, so he's not getting any younger. But um, I'm not quite sure how I'd feel about that one. But there we are. Two names to throw into the ring. Lovely stuff. Anyway, that's United done and dusted. We can park that game now. Forget it ever happened. Apart from the fact that we now have a minus five goal difference and sit third bottom in the league. Lovely stuff. And things don't get any easier because next up it's Huddersfield on Saturday afternoon. So 
Uh, a packed 30,000 crowd at Bramall Lane for us. Trust me, season. things get easier than playing West Brom. Uddersfield are not as good as West Brom. So in that respect, they get easier, but they don't get easier in the fact we've got still got to beat them. Yes, exactly. Um, but for now, we can take a break from United on Wednesday and uh, have a look at the regional action. And well, it's it's a mixed bag as usual for Chappers in the local roundup. Yeah, I'm not actually quite sure I've ever done a local roundup where every one of our sides has won. Um, I don't think that's happened. I might, we'll have to go through back through the archives. Anyway, as always, we're going to start in the Championship and Barnsley. Um, after a wonderful season last year, have not quite had the same impact so far at the beginning of this year under their new manager. Uh, and unfortunately, it was a disappointing end to their fixture on Tuesday evening. They hosted Luton Town at Oakwell. And uh, the game was separated by just one goal four minutes in. Amari Bell scoring um, the only goal uh, for the visitors. Uh, that result leaves Barnsley 13th in the table after a win and a draw and also a loss as well. So they've done one of each at the moment. Um, obviously, the table is a little bit difficult so early on because you know everything can change with one result. Uh, moving down into League One, and it was a better story for Paul Warren's Rotherham United. They travelled to Morecambe. Um, and the same scoreline actually as the Barnsley game, but this time in Rotherham's favour, Michael Smith scoring the goal's only goal on the hour mark. Uh, that result leaves Rotherham sixth in the League One table, so just squeezing into those playoff positions after winning two and losing one game so far this season. And finally, staying in League One, Donny Rovers, well, they've had a very, very miserable start to their uh, League One campaign. Uh, they've played three games, uh, the third of which was against Accrington Stanley, who were they, etc., uh, on, uh, on the other day. Um, and unfortunately, it was their third loss of the season. Uh, 1-0 again, that game finished. Pontus Dahlberg with an absolute howler, and I mean howler, of an own goal in the third minute uh, from a Pritchard long-range effort. He's basically flapped it. I don't know if you've seen this either of you, but he's flapped at it. He's somehow fumbled it onto the top of the post, and then it's bounced back, hit him, and gone in. Pretty horrendous, so I would encourage anybody to watch that if you've not seen it. And finally, the National League is back this weekend. Chesterfield start their season um, away at Aldershot Town. Uh, Chesterfield obviously had a very good season or second half of their season last year, got into the playoffs, losing out to Notts County in the end. And they will be hoping to go one better this year and look for that promotion uh, to the English Football League. And that's your local roundup. I can confirm that I don't think you have ever had a full uh, a full win package on the uh, the local roundup, but I will go back through the archives. Anyway, uh, we're going back to United on Wednesday now because it's a double dose of Yorkshire derbies on the way. It's Huddersfield and it's Rotherham in the previews next. You're home for the Blades and Owls. This is Football Forum. Joining us here on Football Forum on this Thursday evening or whenever it is that you're listening back to us on your per, per preferred podcast provider. Oh, God, the weekend started early for me, hasn't it? Right. Um, well, the weekend is starting early because for uh, for Connor anyway, he's making the short trip over to, uh, to the New York Stadium to Rotherham United because it's a one o'clock kickoff because that's always the case when two uh, South Yorkshire sides play each other locally because the yeah, police... Yeah, can't possibly play each other at the same time, can we? No, can't I'm actually not making the trip, by the way. Oh, you're not? Anyway, Rotherham United against Sheffield Wednesday is a one o'clock kickoff because the police move it all the time. Um, well, where, where do we start with this one? Fourth against sixth. This is uh, 
an early season battle. And realistically, even though Rotherham are in okay form, Wednesday, I'd have to say, are in even better form. Um, yeah, I mean, it's two teams that have started off pretty well. Rotherham, obviously, six points from the first three. That defeat at Wigan, by all accounts, both teams created a lot of chances and it could have really gone either way. Um, getting a solid win at Morecambe, who's probably one of the favourites to go down, but have started off the season well. So, you know, fair play to them. Um, it's going to be a tough one. You know, we I think we know what we expect from Rotherham. They'll press his eye. They'll make it a battle. And I think the the real thing for us is we've got to try and play the game on our terms. You know, if we allow it to become scrappy, allow their physicality to get on top of us and stop playing our football, then I think there's only going to be one winner. Um, if if we manage to keep possession well, they don't manage to shut us down. We manage to play through them. Then I think that we've got the better technical players to unlock them. I just think Rotherham are a very very difficult team to play against. You know, they've brought in Oliver Rathbone as well, who got an assist on his debut. He's, you know, gives them a bit more technical ability in that midfield. So I'm not saying they're just a, a lumpit side, um, but I think they certainly do have the capability to, you know, physically do you. Um, Michael Smith is a very good striker at this level. Pretty surprised that a championship club didn't make a move for him. He scored a great goal in midweek and, and he's... Um, tough to handle physically but he runs a channel he's pretty mobile he's good on the ball as well so I think he's definitely a striker that we need to be wary of of Benny on the right hand side as well he's a player that I quite like so you know this is a this is a Rotherham side that I always think are pretty well equipped in League One we've seen it in the last few times we've been there they just managed to bounce straight back up after coming down so you know they are actually one of my tips for automatic promotion just because I think Paul Warren is a master of, of getting Rotherham out of this level and, you know, they've got the, the squad to be able to do it. So I think this is going to be a massive test, really, you know, in terms of how far we've come. It's early days yet and we've, we've played two home games. We now go away to what I think will be the toughest game we'll face all season, not just because Rotherham are a good side, but because local derby and their fans can try and can get on top of you. And obviously the energy in that stadium, you'd imagine, after... The 18 months we've all had is going to be um, pretty pretty special and, and hopefully we don't allow Rotherham to get on top of us like that. We don't allow it to turn into a scrap uh, because it could struggle if, if it goes like that. So what changes do you make then from the, the side that beat Fleetwood on Tuesday night or if any? Yeah, I think we do need to be a little bit more pragmatic with our selection and, and it does mean breaking up that midfield three. Um, personally I would go and this might be a bit controversial because you're dropping a player who's made a good start but I would go with Luongo, Adeniram and Bannon in midfield as a midfield three a bit more of a 4-2-3-1 just because I expect Rotherham to have plenty of attacks I expect them to try and play on the front foot and I don't want us to be ran through like we were against Fleetwood. I thought we, we did look a bit of a light touch at times in midfield and better teams will punish us. And Rotherham certainly are one of the better teams in this league. Um, so, yeah, that, that's probably the, the change I'd make. Hopefully Hutchinson's going to be back. That's something I forgot to touch on, the fact that he got injured and he, he had to come off. And Dunkley came in, defended well, but his passing was absolutely abysmal. So it's looking... Difficult for Dunkley to be able to fit into Darren Moore's way of playing. You know, he's he's not known as one of the as a defender who's good on the ball, and he's certainly not done anything to 
to sort of disprove that in, in the appearances I've seen both this season and last season. So hopefully Hutchinson's back because he gives us a lot on the ball. He gives us pace if we get broke on him and I offer a very quick as a, as a central defensive pairing. So, you know, apart from that, obviously with, with the Deniran moving central in my hypothetical team, you've then got a decision to make on the right-hand side. Um, if Corbin who's ready, I'd throw him in there. Um, and then I'd bring Jaden Brown back in. Marvin Johnson, not really done it in those two appearances. I don't think he looks up to speed yet. And maybe someone like Jaden Brown can come in just to, you know, give us a little bit more defensive solidity as well, but also give us pace on the break. And um, Johnson sort of take him out of this one while he's still building up to fitness because this is a massive game and hopefully he can build up fitness in, in other ways and, and get used to the to the team and how we want to play. Um, so back four stays as it is if we can. Gibson will, would come in for me if not. Um, you know, we, we change system a bit. We go to a 4-2-3-1 just to be a bit more secure. Bannon in front, Corbin on the right, Brown on the left and Gregory um, through the middle up front. Right, so uh, moving on from the return of Massimo Luongo FC uh, from Wednesday, it's over to United now because uh, they're also playing on Saturday afternoon and Chappers, after however long it's been, it is the return of a Saturday three o'clock kickoff at home. Sheffield United are taking on Huddersfield Town. And uh, well, realistically, we just need our first win of the season. Yeah, that will be, uh, be what we want. Um, and I can't tell you, Joseph, how excited I am for a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. There is nothing better. We've not had one so far this season. I'm pretty sick of crappy eight o'clock kickoffs. Um, and yeah, very excited for a three o'clocker. Um, it feels like football again. None of this 2.15 on a Sunday or anything like that. Um, we do just need a win. We, we need to win at any cost. Um, I was talking, well, I was talking to my mate Matt, who I went to the game with last night. And he was saying that one of his mates, Huddersfield, um, Callum is, is a Huddersfield fan. And um, he was saying that Huddersfield are by far the worst team in the league. And Matt was like, so that means we're only going to lose 2-0 rather than 4-0 this weekend. So that's encouraging. I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, we just need to win. We desperately need to change our team up. Um, I would be making wholesale changes. I'd be dropping John Fleck. I'd be dropping Jack Robinson. I'd be dropping probably... It's difficult to say drop sharp because if the ball drops to sharp, he knows where the, well, he knows where the back of the net is. But at the same time, we're not creating enough chances for him. Um, I'd be, I'd probably be tempted to drop Baldock, which is a little bit controversial, perhaps, but I didn't think he played particularly well um, last night. Um, I, I know he won't. I know, I know he won't do this, but I'd be dropping Ollie Norwood um, ASAP as well. But that's just me. I'd just get rid of him, to be honest. Um, so yeah, changes needed. I'd, I'd be bringing Jaden. I don't know what formation I'd play. I'd quite like to go back to a back five. I know he won't do it, um, but I'd quite like to see a back three of Basham, Egan and Ben Davies. I'd quite like to see Norrington Davies, Norrington Davies feature. I'd quite like to see Jaden Bogle feature on that right-hand side, probably as more as a right winger rather than a, a right-back slash right wing-back because I think he can be really quite creative and he does have quite an energetic spark about him going forward, um, which is always good to see. I'm desperate to see Ryan Brewster play more. Um, I just think 
he's not going to score goals sat on the bench, is he? And I know he's not really. I know he's not scored goals sometimes on the pitch, but I don't. I don't even think he's played ninety minutes for us yet. And I don't really think what well, the games he has played, we've created many chances for him. Um, so I'd quite like to see Brewster feature, but we just need to be. We're just crying out to be more creative going forward. Crying out. And the signings that I, there's two remaining signings that I want to bring in. I want to bring in another centre midfielder that could have, you know, that will replace Ronaldo Vieira. And I want to bring in a, a winger. Ahmad Diallo is is a name that's being thrown about, which is a, and even Sky tweeted it today to say we were interested, just to say we were interested, not that we were getting close, but you know it's kind of official when Sky's saying stuff like that. I'd love to see Diallo. I think he would be ridiculous in the championship. I really do think he would be ridiculous. Um, but Luke Freeman for me has got to come in he, he, I thought he played very well in the circumstances last night he was by far our best player um, by far our most creative player the only player who wanted to go forward with the ball and for God's sake one thing I really want to see stop is every time we're in a dead ball situation or somebody receives the ball to feet we have to pass the sodding thing backwards. Or if we're taking a throw-in, we have to throw the sodding thing backwards. Or if we're taking a free kick, we have to pass that free kick backwards. We can't possibly go forward. And Jack Robinson is the biggest culprit for that. Every time last night he got the ball, he turned back and passed it backwards. And whether that was because there was nothing going forward, you know, no forward pass on, or whether that was because he couldn't be arsed trying to take somebody on, he went straight back home. Stop passing backwards. You're not going to score from inside your own area. And that is really desperately one thing we have got to change on Saturday. I don't know who plays in goal. It's not going to be Ramsdale. I don't think we're going to bring anybody else in before then. So it's looking like it's probably going to be Verips, Evan Elpazol. Um, and yeah, we just can't lose, really. I'd take a draw. <laughs> just a <the> point. <laughs> You've had a lot to get off your chest since last night, I take it. Can't um... even tell you. I genuinely cannot even tell you how it... I, I strongly, and I mean strongly, considered leaving early. Strongly considered leaving it. And I never leave a football match early. I don't do it. I disagree with it wholeheartedly, but I very, very nearly left. And I said to my mate, Matt, I was like, if they score a fifth, we'll go in. And he was like, absolutely. The only reason I stayed was so I could boo them off the pitch. They were that bad. That's sac- that is sacrilegious coming from you, chap. I know. I know. Yeah. I never say that, but it's true. I, ne- I very nearly left early last night. Well, if you're looking for a centre mid, Aaron Ramsey's just scored against the Juventus under 23s. Anyway, moving onwards. I uh, know Connor's face says it all. Uh, moving onwards, uh, because Football Forum is uh, continuing throughout the season, we're back next week and hopefully, hopefully, things will be a little more, a little more, a bit more optimistic. That mountain that they need to climb is getting steeper every week. I honestly, I think we're in big trouble. It's rotten to the core to be honest it's not a good time to be a Sheffield United fan 2-1 defeat away at the Viggen Connor uh, Viggen Viggen I don't know where's Viggen. that come I'm from tight. the biggest guest oh morning mate All right. cheers, cheers guys Joseph Hadfield oh goodness me so Basilea <laughs> Josh Chapman oh wow it was awful Connor Thorpe it was a, an absolutely massive win Cardinal Redis <laughs> <laughs> Cardin wow. already. I can't believe I've just said. We are still Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Football Forum. Yes, Football Forum back on Wednesday because we've got three games to cover on Wednesday. Uh, Rotherham Wednesday, United Huddersfield and United taking on Wayne Rooney's Derby County in the second round of the Carrier Bag Cup. Anyway, uh, what time is it? This is Unpredictable. 
it is unpredictable time and uh, let's have a look at how we did last week well i say last week as me midweek and uh, well not a lot to report about because obviously we all pretty much went for the exact same score line uh, so we all got four points simple as uh, which means as it stands i'm still leading with 11 and chappell and connor both have 10. as we go into round number four for this weekend's action uh, I've just loaded up the, the wrong predictions. There we go. Uh, Rotherham up against Sheffield Wednesday is first, and it is Saturday one o'clock kickoff. It is on your eye follow. Um, and at least you won't get Rob O'Neill and John Pearson for once, so that's good. Um, right, we'll start with Connor. What are you going for? Uh, yeah, I'm going 1-0 to Rotherham. Just because I don't think Hutchinson's going to be back, and it does worry me that Dunkley, who hasn't really had that much football and he's not played competitive action apart from the game where he came on I don't think anyway um, or Lewis Gibson who's not played for us yet and I'm not too sure you know I think if you break up that partnership of Iofa and Hutchinson it's going to make us weaker no matter who comes in at the minute because Gibson might be a really good defender but he's not played for us yet so he's, as a defender you know you want you want to have familiarity around you so if Hutchinson's back, I'm going to go for a nil-nil. But I've got to go one way, haven't I? And, I? and I think Hutchinson won't be back. And, you know, it might sound a bit negative after the start we've had. I just really do rate Rotherham as a League One side. And I, I don't think that losing this game by one goal would mean that it's the end of the world. I think we'd be losing to a, a good side. Um I think we might just come up short against a team who have got a lot more familiarity with each other. You know, playing at home in a derby, they might make it a scrap. And um, obviously, it depends how Moore sets up. If he sets up how we did against Fleetwood, I think we might struggle physically in midfield. And I'm, I'm not sure he will set up that way. I think he'll bring Adeniran back in. I'm not sure he'll bring Luongo in. Um, so, yeah, I think we might lose this one. This could be the first defeat of the season. But... Certainly wouldn't mean that all hope's lost because, I, like I said, I, I expect Rotherham to be up there and I expect us to be up there as well. I'll remember that come three o'clock, whenever, when the other game's finished, when you're tweeting absolute indirect abuse to your lot because of how badly you've played. I'll, rem I'll remember that. <laughs> well, I won't have seen it, will I? I won't have seen it. Oh, no. I'll be, I'll be catching no, up on iFollow, so I won't know how badly played. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Right. 1 0 Rotherham for Connor. I am going to go straight down the middle, go for a 1-1. Rotherham, they've only played one at home. Wednesday, they've only played one away. Um, but Rotherham did win that one. I can see this being a 1-1. I can see either side winning it, but I can mainly see a draw. So 1-1 for me, Chappers. Yeah, uh, it looks like I'm the only one with a bit of faith in Wednesday. I'm going to say 2-1 Wednesday. Um, I think you're absolutely right, Connor. Rotherham are a very good side in League One. Um, they set up right. Um <sighs> Their, their main issue last year was scoring goals, and I don't think that's going to elude them this year, unfortunately. Um, but I do think they will nick one in this, but I do think Wednesday will score twice, so 2-1 Wednesday. 2-1 Wednesday for Chappers. On to United. It is, well, it's Huddersfield in 16th against United in 22nd. Interesting. Saturday, 3 o'clock at the Lane, Connor. Yeah, this is... You know, if, if if this were the first game of the season, I'd probably predict like four-one United. But obviously, United have been very impotent, shall we say, and they haven't really <laughs> created chances. Um, and the chances they have created, obviously, they haven't scored yet. I think though, Huddersfield are just 
worse. So I think United will come out on top. <laughs> I think the problem for United now is Berrett's in goal. Teams are going to look out and think, right, how can we exploit him from corners? You might, they might not have a long thrower, but you know they'll crowd him from corners and they'll make it difficult. So that's a big worry for United. But I just think that you know, for all United's attacking um, failures at the minute, Huddersfield defensively are possibly even worse at the minute in terms of what we've seen so far and, and what we saw for the second half of last season. So I do think United will have enough to win this game. I did say before the West Brom game that I thought Huddersfield would be their first win of the season. I didn't expect the West Brom game to go so disastrously, but I think I'll stick with that prediction. Right. So Connor's going 2-1 United. Okay. Uh, Chappers. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we'll score twice, but I do think we'll win. Um, I, I do think we will somehow nick a 1-0, um, whether it comes off somebody's toe end or bum or whatever, or even if it's an own goal, I think I think we'll nick one. Um, and I really hope we do, because I just think that first win will probably give us a little bit of confidence. Um, having said that, if we don't, well, not if we don't win, but if we lose on Saturday, it is not going to be a very nice place to be, Bramall Lane. I, I can tell you that. So it's in the players' best interest not to not to lose on Saturday, because otherwise I'm sure our fans will make their feelings known pretty clearly. Well, it wouldn't be in my best interest either, because I've got to get the train home from Sheffield Saturday night, so uh, hopefully not. Uh, I'm also joining you at a 1-0 win for United on Saturday, and quickly... We might as well predict Wayne Rooney's Derby County. Phil Jagielka in the uh, the ranks of the Rams now. Uh, it's on Tuesday night, 7.45 kickoff, if you want to watch it. It doesn't really matter, does it? Um, Connor, quickly. Yeah, I've gone for a nil-nil just because I know you played Carlisle in the first round, but I get the feeling you kind of might make changes. And I don't think Derby can make changes. So I think it'll be a, a very boring nil-nil draw. And, you know, obviously that means a penalty shootout. And, uh, well, let's, let's not go that far. But a nil-nil for Connor Chappers. Um, I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic. Um, but having, well, having you, A, saying that Jagielka's going to be a centre-off, which I forgot about, and B, Connor saying that, obviously, Derby can't really make changes because they haven't got players to make those changes. Um, maybe my scoreline's too optimistic, but I'm going to say 2-0 United. Um, I'd quite like to see a few of the young lads get another run out. Um, I, I especially like the look of Tyler Smith the other week. I thought he was very, very good against Carlisle. Um, and he bagged a well, a lovely couple of goals in in the under 23s first game against Watford the other day. Two 0 United, two 0 and I'm going one nil United because why not? I'm at the top of the leaderboard, so I can do what I want. Anyway, uh, that's about as far as you go this evening. We are back next Wednesday at nine o'clock in your usual podcast provider, and uh, we'll have reaction to Rotherham against Wednesday United against Huddersfield and Wayne Rooney Third County as well so for me chaps and connor and all the team here on football forum and by the way season predictions we have made them now uh, they'll be uh, out on our social medias in the next week or two so from all of us take care and we'll see you on wednesday bye-bye bringing you the latest from across the steel city it's a beautiful day this is football forum